This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens. It's the podcast where horror gets gay. Tonight, this is your summer hiatus busting bonus episode, and tonight we are taking a trip back in time to 1973 because we're going to take a look at the made-for-TV horror movie, The Horror at 37,000 Feet. And to do that, I'm going to have my special guest, Toppy Smelly, joining me because we are... Releasing what was previously a Patreon exclusive episode. We're making it public for you today. It's the first ever episode of It Came From The 70s. Yay! But before we do that, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and ever since 2010, I've been your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But you, little pickle, you're going to have to see them through my very, 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 very gay little eyes. Moo-hoo-ha. Moo-hoo-ha-ha-ha. Okay. Before we kick things off, I do want to apologize. Things came to an abrupt end back in June. I was not planning on ending the season where we ended the season. I know I just kind of pod faded on you. What happened was I sustained an injury. Mm. I fell in the shower. Well, you could say I fell in the shower or you could say I was viciously attacked by a savage animal in the shower. Secret Agent Boots jumped up on the sink while I was getting out of the shower, and I was surprised, and my feet went out from under me, and I fell. I broke my foot, I broke two metatarsals, and I cracked three ribs. And you would say, well, how would that interfere with podcasting? Well, the cracked ribs thing, I just couldn't sit at the, I could not sit at the computer for any prolonged period of time to do editing or recording or anything like that, and I tried and just said, you know what? Forget it. Let's chalk it up. I'm still in a boot, the ribs are doing better, um... I got about another week in the boot, hopefully, and then I'll be free. But I haven't had a summer vacation. I was planning on traveling, and like I've just been stuck in the house because I live in a three-floor walk-up. So anytime I have to go anywhere, I have to clump, clump, clump all the way down. And so I've just been spending a lot of time in the apartment, and it sucks. And you know what? Who cares? Because we're going to do some traveling now because it came from the 70s. It's not just a retrospective Look at made-for-TV horror movies. It's also a journey on a plane. You know, I'm a pop. You know what? It's a whole. You know what? Let's just get on the plane. Just get on the plane. You get on the plane. You'll figure it out as we go along. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the premiere episode of It Came from the Seventies and the Horror at Thirty-Seven Thousand Feet. Good evening, passengers. This is your captain, Patrick Walsh, speaking. It is my honor to welcome you aboard Polyester Airlines on our Virgin Voyage flight through time itself, just so you can watch TV. Polyester Air is the world's only time-traveling airline, making us your connection to the made-for-TV horror movies of the 1970s, as well as making us the official airline of the It Came From The 70s podcast experience. Our final destination tonight is the evening of February 12th, 1973. 
That is the day saccharin was officially declared a vitamin, and also the night The Horror at 37,000 Feet premiered on the CBS television network. I just received word from Air Control that we are next in line for takeoff, so we'll be getting on our way just as soon as you return your seat to the upright position and you go and wash that gray ride out of your hair. Sitting next to me in the cockpit tonight is my co-pilot for this evening. He is the Tennille to my captain. He comes all the way from Pickle Hollow. He's the host of the Smellcast, Mr. Toppy Smelly. Hey, Patrick. Oh, my God. I'm so Welcome honored. Aboard. I'm so honored to be here on your inaugural flight for uh, the 70s things, because as you know, I so dig uh, the 70s made-for-TV movies. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This one actually predates me. The one that we are, the movie that we are talking about, the one we decided to kick things off with is a little ditty from 1973 called The Horror from 37,000 Feet. Mm-hmm. Picture it, 1973. Tony Orlando and Dawn retire in a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. Roberta <laughs> Flack was getting killed softly by somebody's song, and Marvin Gaye wanted to get it on with everybody. He sure did. He sure did. Meanwhile, up in the skies, it was batshit craziness. Absolutely. <clears throat> Not to mention the fact that uh, we were all familiar uh, with uh, disaster movies and especially uh, airport uh, uh, had left its mark. And we were ready, you know, on TV. Sure, we're going to see well, another. The, the made-for-TV movie of the 70s was always great for cashing in on whatever was popular and doing it as cheaply as possible. And this one, great. Okay, they like demon things. We'll do something exorcisty, and also <laughs> something on a plane in Jeopardy. Listen, crazy. They were masterminds uh, because <laughs> this was a horror at 37,000 feet that they didn't have to show. As a matter of fact, Patrick, this Hara in the cargo bay, uh, they didn't they didn't even show a drawing of it. They didn't really it's just uh, stones from an abbey. But it's we a don't, rock and they didn't we, even have the budget for that. Okay. For kids yeah. out there who don't know, the made for TV movie of the seventies were always notorious for being made super quick and super cheap. All these people are already on contract with the network and the network yeah. was going to squeeze them for one more job where they Buddy didn't Epson. have to pay them extra because they were already signed up yeah. and they didn't want to spend any money on it either. And yeah. it showed and yet create uh, what, what do they say? Necessity breeds the, the, the thing of the thing. Um, invention. Yeah. Necessity breeds invention. And so there they came up with some crazy stuff to keep us all entertained I and gave us nightmares. I think these TV movies were generally shot in 11 days. I think that was about, that was a the general time frame. Eleven days to get yeah. this thing out. And the fun thing watching it now, it's it's an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. With commercials. So you no, it's a, no no no. It's an hour and ten minutes without commercials. They would stretch this out to two hours back in the day. Well, Good yeah, Lord. you got you gotta sell the palm oil. Oh, you, you do. You do, and the nair, and then the and the underalls and all the other crap that <laughs> legs. Legs, yes, and we're back to Looker. That was last night. <laughs> yeah, and, yet, and like I always say on the regular show, because made-for-TV movies were an event. Yes. Everything stopped. Everybody watched them. Um, I just saw a thing but I saw on YouTube. I found uh, Joe Bob Briggs talking about this movie. And he's oh. like, you don't understand. This movie in 1973 had a 23 on the Nielsen rating. He's like, that's 
prime friends era rating. So that's cheers rating. That's it's, that means everybody on the planet was watching this movie and probably accurate. This one's a little before my time. I would have been too young to watch this one. I'm I'm still a very delicate creature. And very yeah, fast, as a matter of fact, fast. I have no memory of seeing this either. Uh, probably uh, past my bedtime. <clears throat> um, and, and so I, I didn't come across this until, I don't know, 10 years ago, I think right on YouTube. I happened mm -hmm. to come across it and couldn't resist it and watch it. And here you are all these years later, uh, you're going to do it on your inaugural 70s uh, little tribute. Yeah. Well, if I got to kick things off, I got to kick it off with batshit. I can't go for one of like the, the cerebral ones or the ones that tried to be serious, like some yeah. serious things no, about the, dark things. No, this one is completely insane. <laughs> yeah. There is so I, much plot. Yeah. There is so much backstory. There is so much plot that gets thrown at you. But yet the character, you don't know anything about the characters. There's a million of them. And it, 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 none of it matters. It's just And it's all just bonkers. Yeah. Just and buckle in. A, a, some of the characters are introduced that they seem to know something about something, and then later on you find out, no, they don't know nothing. No, I mean, nobody knows. <laughs> Neither do we, and we didn't care. We no. didn't care because there's only three channels. <laughs> That's right. And we didn't want to watch – what the hell was on in 1973? I don't even know. We didn't want to watch Mod Squad that night. I know we always no. wanted to watch Mod Squad. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I know the Waltons were on anyways. <laughs> oh, fuck the Waltons. <laughs> Poor Chen. Okay, we need a break from that wholesome crap. We want to see some <laughs> demons on a plane. That's what we want to see. <laughs> That's right. With bubbling poo poo. I went with guacamole, but you're more accurate. <laughs> I'm sorry, that wasn't green. It was not green. By the way, why didn't they make it green? Because the only thing you can think of when you watch it is bubbling poo poo. I don't know. It was the seventies, Earth tones. I don't know. There was like they didn't have too much green. Everything was that. that was everything. Everything. No, I just covered. What did we? What did I just cover from the seventies? Oh, did we watch something on? What did we do? What the hell was that? Oh, I haven't. Okay, this hasn't come out yet. But I just recorded something with Alan Kelly that's coming out in a couple of weeks. That was filmed in the sixties. Filmed in this like beautiful mansion, and everything is like industrial green, shit brown, and piss yellow. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Welcome to the era. Welcome to the era. Okay, okay, okay. Toppy, toppy, toppy. Please tell me, if you can, what's the basic plot of the horror at 37,000 feet? Well, I think I could come way in on the usual time limit because really... Oh, we're not doing 30 seconds here. We ain't on screen cleans <sighs> right now. Take your time. This is a long flight to nowhere. Yeah. We're literally... Okay, li much like the plan of the movie, we're stuck in time. We're just stuck here. <laughs> All right. In the air. We ran out well, of gas. All right. Well, the plot is uh, William Shatner and his toupee enter an airplane. No, no. Uh, they uh, There's an ensemble cast uh, that uh, get on board a, a, a huge jetliner, one of those big ones. And uh, it's like got two floors and there's a bar and everything. And oddly enough, there's only a few people on this plane because it's been specially commissioned to bring over a very heavy payload from an architect who is uh, doing a favor, uh, sort of for his wife, of transporting this abbey stone by stone from uh, the UK 
uh, to the United States. And he's got all of these pieces in the cargo and a few other passengers, very few, are on board. I know not why. I guess, I don't know. I guess they had a cheap seat. I don't know. It was in the script, Toppy. There you go. It's in the script. They were contracted to be on the ship. At any rate, uh, these rocks in the cargo hold uh, turns out they're quite evil. And this almost, you could say, demonic rocks start to jeopardize and terrorize this ensemble cast on the airliner. Perfect. That's a great way to start. Okay, there you great. Go. We'll get into the details as we go along. Yes, that's basically it. There's a big, there's a mean rock. <laughs> it's a mean rock. It's a bunch of rocks. They're all mean. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie is a statement against rock and roll music and how it's damaging our children. Yeah. It's of the devil. Yeah. And we've got it. We've got an ensemble cast. As he, as he said, there's a lot of people you recognize. There's a lot of people that's before my time. Unfortunately, since the way this, this movie works, there's a ton of people on this plane. There's like a dozen characters, but most of them are just into arc archetypes. Like I have written down things like, okay, there's like asshole, like rich asshole, old rich asshole, yes. old, rich asshole's wife. Buddy Epson. Doctor, stupid kid. Yeah. yeah. So they'll break down. So it'll be easier to figure out. Okay. Uh, yeah. By the way, the kid, well, all, that little girl, she's not associated with anyone in the cast. She's just there. What? Who her parents are, why she's traveling, we never know. Everything okay, Mom? Well, my little girl's just a teeny bit nervous. But I'm sure when she's asleep... Okay, honey. I'll tell the captain. No more bumps tonight. Toppy, it was the 70s. It was the <laughs> era of free-range children. And I just had this conversation free the range. other night. That would have been me. I had this weird oh. intercontinental childhood where all of a sudden I was like this jet-setting seven-year-old. And I would be on like a I never, I never actually did fly by myself, but I could see myself being on this plane. Uh, okay. a, a red eye. <laughs> Continental oh, red eye. Lordy. Seven. But I would have been wearing my green velvet tuxedo with the ruffles that I wore <laughs> everywhere because it was fancy. Toppy, Toppy, Toppy. Let me tell you, this 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 is how my childhood was. My my dad was um he worked for he was a bigwig at a newspaper. He was in charge of everything that they bought. So he had people just always like bribing the family. Take oh. a vacation, bring the whole family, buy my product. So I got to go everywhere. And he'd go to oh publishers' conventions. I got to go with them. So I had I got to meet I had this weird celebrity studded childhood that I looked back at and realized I had no idea. I just thought everybody was like this. Oh Harry Chapman, God. Harry Chapin taught me how to serve. I used to play boggle with Isaac Isaac Asmanoff and his wife. Barbara what? Eden and her husband what? took me to the movies. Yes, like it's weird. <laughs> Patrick. I, I did had, not know I had, this. I had ice cream with Don Ho and Jack Lord. This is my this was my childhood. <laughs> Don Ho and Jack Lord. Oh my God! You were blessed. You were blessed. No, I, I mean, like the thing is, I remember I, I was like seven years old, running around Honolulu at night by myself because this is it was the seventies. It was totally fine. 
He's Holy like, shit. I go to, like my parents would leave me at the hotel for the night. And I'd go down to the hotel, uh, hotel restaurant in my tuxedo and like my copy of Cricket Magazine. And <laughs> people would be like, who is this weird business child? Who is this child? And I'd be ordering like pheasant under glass. <laughs> Patrick, all, all this time I thought you were this innocent Catholic school kid, you know, Not in New York. Not being a ruckus. Not being a brat. Being like this total professional adult in a child body. <laughs> Oh my I don't know God. where that kid went. I don't know where that kid went. He's gone now. But. You have kept this undercover. I think this may is a, this is a reveal tonight. I think about you. I do. It is, and it, it really. My parents would be arrested. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> well, it was this. It was their set early seventies. You know. So are we doing a show? Are we talking about a movie? <laughs> we are. Well, Sorry, we, were we weren't talking cleared, about. We weren't cleared for takeoff yet. Sorry, everybody. 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 Uh, just uh, everybody, sit back, relax. Crack open a tab. Right. We're going to begin. Or a diet ride because it's the 70s. I don't know. We're going to begin with stock footage and and then move move into the the set. Okay. All right. Okay. Just one off the top. I just wanted to have to say the director of this is um, David Lowell Rich. Yes. He did a lot of TV, but he made one of my other soon to be covered on this show. Made for TV horror movies in the Ooh, 1970s. Which one? State and School for Girls. No S. No S. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's a biggie. It was the follow-up to this one, and it's weird. I thought that one was would have been before this one because everyone had iron hair, but what do I know? What do I know? What do I know? <laughs> iron hair. He also made this movie, I, the Cat, in the 60s, which is a great, like, sleazy British horror crime thing about a guy trying to rob a house that's filled with cats, but he's afraid of cats. All right. And uh, written by Ronald Austin and James D. Dean Buchanan, who I know nothing about, but there they go. Yeah, I don't know anything about them. Just to touch on some of the bigger names in the cast, we got Shatner. We're led by Shatner, so you know it's going to be bananas. Listen, I mean, they led this cast down in alphabetical order, but uh, yeah, Uh, let's put Shatner right at the top because he's at his best right here. One of the reasons I didn't watch this movie for so long is because I just thought it was a repackaged version of the Twilight Zone episode, (laughs) which is Nightmare 20,000 Feet. Yes, a very similar name, and there's Shatner in black and white looking at that weird creature out on the wing that's trying to, like, uh, you know, sabotage this flight. Yeah. Yeah. What I think is great about this movie in comparison to that episode is that Shatner is playing the complete opposite character. In that, in the Twilight Zone episode, he's freaking out. Nobody's listening to him. This one, everybody's really freaking out. He's like, I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give yeah, a yeah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm frightened. Can you help me? I'm sorry. I'm fresh out. I think there's even a shot of him looking out the plane, you know, the window. And I have to wonder, like, was that a little like tip of the head? Of course, they know what they were doing. There was even a point where somebody came in at a certain point and went, he's dead, Jim. (laughs) Shatner said it. No, Shatner said it. Yeah, he's dead, Jim. I did not hear that. Oh, my God. That's great. It was when the professor died. The professor from Gilligan's Island is in this. Yes. (laughs) Oh, he's one and, of the few victims. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not in it for long, but he's there, and it's nice to see him. He's not. Well, they had to kill him quickly because he would have made something out of coconuts and bamboo and saved the day. So the demon had to get rid of him real fast. <laughs> yeah. Now, some say 
The kill count in this movie is a little low, but who cares? It's low. It's it doesn't care. Who cares? Because it, it the the drama. <laughs> And the craziness is off the stage because among the cast, we have one of my favorite performers of all times. If she's in something, it's automatically the best camp possible. Tammy Ooh. Grimes. Tammy Grimes. Mrs. O'Neill, I cannot believe that you would acquiesce in the uprooting of these priceless relics. Please leave me out of it. Sacrilege. Sacrilege. Oh, Patrick, you know who where I know her most from? The CBS yes. Radio Mystery Theater. She was cast yes. in this, tons of episodes of that. Tons of them. She became the host after a while. Yes. I oh, just that's did an episode. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I she's forgot. great on that. What I love about her in, in everything is that she always sounds bananas. <laughs> she always sounds deranged. Like, oh, she's like she's completely deranged, or she's just about to have a nervous breakdown. It's something about that voice. And but I the gotta, thing is she plays everything for real, and she's great. She plays, She's a wonderful performer. Uh, she's but, perfect in this as Mrs. Pinder, and uh, she's got. She's one of the few characters that actually knows something about what's going on when she needs to. Sometimes she does it. It's one of those things. But what I think is great, there's an emotional journey that happens with her hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. She gets on that plane, it's in that tight bun, and then it just keeps getting looser yes. and looser. And the looser it gets, the crazier she gets. And then the buttons start coming down off, off her shirt. Her, her sweater comes off like the nanny is gone that walked on the plane. And yeah, she's spouting yeah. all this shit about druids. I'm playing audio because she's great and I love her. Um, the other people, okay, Chuck, uh, flying the plane, we got Chuck Connors. Okay, here Chuck we Connors, go. Possibly, yeah. possibly gay Chuck Connors. That rumor was never confirmed, but... Really? I mean, okay, so they could have gotten Leslie Nielsen. They could have got, they could have gotten, you know, I don't know, who's the guy with the untouchables? What's his face? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I can't, I don't remember his name. I know what you mean, but no, they got, they got Chuck. Yeah. I think, you know what? Chuck is another one known for chewing the, the scenery. He's yeah. really restrained. I liked him in this, but he drops out of the movie. He does. Uh, we but, don't know who, if you don't know who we're talking about, uh, Chuck Connors was most famous for being the rifleman on TV. He was in Flipper. He was in Old Yeller. He was in uh, Soylent Green. And most famously, Tourist Trap. He was the villain in Tourist Trap. Yeah, listen, and <clears throat> you watch this movie, folks, and you're going to see Chuck Connors in one scene where he confronts the horror. Uh, and the expression on his face, Patrick, is that not. <laughs> That's the greatest expression of fear and you would never see it on Chuck Connors' face in any other movie except this one. Well, maybe Tourist Trap. He was bananas in that. Well, he wasn't afraid of that. He was the villain. Anyway, mm. he's great in this. He doesn't have much to do. Buddy Hackett from the Beverly Hillbillies is in it playing a real stick in the mud. And that's all the people that I really know. Everybody else was recognizable at the time, but mm, 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 mm. I'll just uh, I'll just add in two people, uh, uh, Patrick, uh, Paul Winfield as Dr. Right Carla. Perhaps you are too eager uh, for I, I don't know. Joint. Sometimes there are none. The only magic I know is that man can resist gravity and fly at 37,000 feet. Yeah, I don't know if this was just before or maybe right after he did Sounder, a, a feature movie. Right after uh, he, he was quite he was nominated for best supporting actor. For yeah. He, so this was a big score for this movie to get him right after that. I, I think so. So but he was kind of unknown. Also, um, 
Roy, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Thins or Thines? Thins. Thins, Thins. okay. Thins. Thins. <laughs> Thins. Now, now uh, one of the things he did prior to this was a show called The Invaders about uh, a continuing one-hour drama about uh, somebody pursuing aliens. Uh, and uh, that's what I know him for. And also, he, he ended up coming back in many episodes of uh, The X-Files. Anyways, so th those are I know a him couple from of the reboot of Dark Shadows that was terrible. Oh, God, he was in that, wasn't he? He sure he played was. Roger, I think. He sure did. <laughs> he's, the, he's the flight pain in the ass. Yeah, and I have to say, I've met, you know, uh, these guys we've mentioned, the rest of the cast, I, I don't know from what for. So, yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I looked some of them up and they weren't, it was just all one TV one offs. Although, the one thing that connects everybody, I'll get to some of them when we get there. I'll touch on them just in case somebody recognizes them out yeah. there. Um, and they won't be yelling at me like, oh my God, I can't believe you don't know. Blah. But um, almost <laughs> all of them were on the same, all of, almost all of them were on the same episode of Love American Style that this director did. Get out. Like he took the whole cast of this one episode of Love American Style. <laughs> oh my God. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Before we go any further, I need to talk about the plane. Oh God. Flight 19X. Flight 19X. Flight 19 Okay. And also the name of the. <laughs> I realized watching it this time. This is the third time I watched it. I realized, the, the flight, the airline is AOA. And they're flying from London to New York. And I realized, oh, it must be a Canadian airline. Oh, you're flying AOA, eh? Oh, that's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> I heard that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what the hell was that it's all not, about? It's not Canadian. It's not Canadian. It's not Canadian. Well, well, Shatner is. Um, But this plane, you could drive a truck down the aisles of these planes. The seats are enormous. Like, look at look at a, a flight now. Like, I just flew, the last time I flew was on Spirit, and there was forty seven thousand people on that flight. <laughs> these yeah, little yeah. plastic chairs. Yeah, everybody I don't has know. like a like every chair is like a foot between them. <laughs> it's amazing. No, I don't <laughs> know where amazing. they got this set from, but it was from CBS Studios, and they had it in some other movie, I'm sure. Oh yeah! Oh sure! Absolutely! Yo, they didn't build shit for this. They no. didn't build shit for this. No, they didn't run the cheap. No, and the thing is, which I thought was great too. I, I remember being that international jet set. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember when you, they had, you could sit in swivel chairs at a bar <laughs> during takeoff, because that's safe. <laughs> when you were a little what the kid, fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? In the bar upstairs, I'd be up there like, hello, can I have a cream de month? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then just assume that was a midget with bad habits mm. <laughs> and mm. not a child. <laughs> It's insane. I, I kept walking and, and people just, it's this flight. It's a night flight. And you think in a night flight, international people are just going to get on and go to sleep. No, everyone's just wandering around. Socializing. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but let's talk about the plane again. Uh, the, uh, there's a f some stock footage at the beginning, but then the first, <laughs> the first time in the cockpit, when we see Connors uh, lifting the plane up, it's the old. Uh, let's turn the camera at an angle so it looks like they're go they're going up, and then they cut to this really horrible model uh, of the plane, and they sh they shove the angle up like it's going like like way. Oh my god, it's ridiculous, and it's so we believed. Yeah, we believed. Yeah, I'm sure back then it was like nothing. Anyways, uh, we get lots of uh, shots of that 
uh, plane uh, from the exterior. And uh, I think they've got like, you know, maybe one light uh, that makes it look like there's, you know, some light. Anyways, this is something else. You got to watch it. Yeah. Like the the exterior light never changes on it, like yeah. the moonlight, like the angles of stuff, the shadows. It's always the same shot, basically. They just yeah. dip it yeah. one way or the other. And uh, <laughs> if, they're, if they're going level, they they level the camera out. If it's going up, they you know they put it in an angle. If it's going down, they up do the opposite. Okay, so what Toppy said was correct. All these people are taking this international flight, but we have rich asshole and rich asshole's rich British wife. Who's not an asshole. She apparently had to sell her family estate, you know, like a lot of, you know, the money people do over there. You know, the old rich families, they have to sell their, their what do they say? Um, house rich, money poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they just can't afford to keep it up anymore. So they had to sell the family estate. And instead of tearing it down, he had to get in a law, a legal battle to save the Abbey. That's right. Take it apart, rock by rock. He's, he's taking it apart, rock by rock, and he's shipping the whole thing to Long Island, which is where I grew up, and that's the perfect place to, <laughs> to, to, to dump it. Yeah, to build a home for the Butterfucos. There was the Butterfucos. Ah, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. The Butterfucos. They were two towns over. We love them a lot. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a story for another time. Yeah. Um, and as the plane, as, as things, almost immediately weird things start to happen. Sidebar again. The stewardesses, who I loved. I loved both of them, but their outfits. Oh, yeah. Mini skirts. The helmets. They had helmets on like they were jockeys, like they were in that Gina Tay after bath splash commercial from last oh, night, Toppy. That too. That too. Yeah. Uh, that, this this is back when they had uniforms. The, and the uniform, the miniskirt, I said, my God, that's obscenely short. Oh, yeah. For a girl who's, for a woman who's working. It literally, oh. it's like, it says the company policies, please grab my ass. Okay. That's Can what I, it's there for. I just want to remind you at this point, Patrick. Of, a, of the very first line that Chuck Connors has. And he's outside the door of the plane and he's shouting inside to some maintenance guy. And he says, come on, dude. There's no mystery about it. It's a Selsun motor, not a human female. Now, pull it. Check to see what's wrong. It's an instrument. It won't lie to you. As in, I guess, females lie to him. I don't know. But it's like right away, it's the... Uh, early 70s uh, mindset of like, uh, well, it's like the way it was back then. Uh, And and it's it's a way that uh, we're fighting against. Uh, But but anyways, it's on full display in this movie. It's what they opened. It's what they chose to open the movie with. And then you have these girls walking around these outfits. Although I had to approve of their white go-go boots. Those were snazzy. Just because my cat wears white go-go boots. She's born with them. Of course she does. She's, they're flying Boots Airlines. Mm-hmm. And by the way, uh, uh, Secret Agent Boots will be her attendant tonight. She'll be coming around with snacks soon, everybody. So just in case. I hope so. As soon as she wakes up from her nap. I'm getting hungry. It'll probably just be kibble. So just don't, don't make a scene. <laughs> She'll get upset. <laughs> don't want to make her angry. All right. I'll take it. Okay. So, yeah, things start to go wrong. And. You're starting to learn. I don't want to go pop, pop up my pop up, but um, 
basically the thing that starts to happen, like the thing is in the hole, the weird things start to happen in the hole, the main thing is cold and poor, poor, poor Tammy Grimes, who was the attorney that fought rich asshole dude. Say, yeah. You can't take this thing out of here. This is a religious relic. It's sacrilege to take it away from here. And she lost. And oh, surprise, they're on the same flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she has, she has, she has to, she has to board her dog. And okay. Her and what's the dog's name? Damon. I caught that, but this was 1973. The omen hadn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. And listen, I don't know how you felt, but as soon as I saw that dog, I said, "Oh no, this dog is gonna die." Yeah, this ain't gonna be good. And I'm sorry. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause here, and I'm just gonna say I think the dog's fine. Mm-hmm. As soon as they landed, they defrosted the dog, and it was totally fine. Oh, Patrick! Oh, I love that. There you go. It was a freeze. Fl- it was a freeze. Fl- a freeze flash. You know, it's like Encino Man. He's gonna be fine. There you go. I love it. Yeah, but the poor dog is the first victim, <laughs> uh, and it's the cold. It, this is how the the uh, evil manifests itself: extreme cold. At first, anyway. Yeah. At first, anyway, because it turns out that that um that Abby was Abby normal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god on the flight is cartoon cowboy yeah i don't know how else to describe him no he did italian western he did one italian I, western and he like th- he I, thinks I he's a star that. i know that but his outfit i'm going what are you wearing like you're dressed for a kid's birthday party kind of i did like his sparkly bandana that was fabulous yeah, i like his boots that was fabulous that he took off at one point I don't know why. Actually, that, that, that actor, for those of you who are yelling at me, that's Will Hutchins. And he did a lot of Elvis movies. He, did, he was in Clambake. He was in Spin Out. And he played Dagwood yeah. on the TV series of Blondie. That was a long time ago. It was 1969. It went off the air. So that was just four years before this movie. Whoa. That was the last thing he did on TV. So I figured. And, he was, and it was okay. on CBS. Well, so he must have still been on contract. Yeah. Anyway, my favorite part with him is early on in the movie. First of all, he gets on the plane and starts taking off his boots, and I wanted to throw up. Yes. Even though I know if he leaves those boots on, his feet would blow up during the flight. <gasps> ah! Oh, my God. I'm like, I'm glad there's nobody on this plane. Like, nobody near him because it's <laughs> gross. But anyway, one of the stewardess comes over, and she's like, excuse me, don't I recognize you from somewhere? <laughs> so haven't I heard of you somewhere, Mr. Holcomb? Gee, honey, my business manager would be disappointed if you hadn't. I've been starring in the Western in Italy. My last one, Rimrock, made 15 mil. No, I think I must have confused you with someone else. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were someone else. I thought you were Skip Stevenson from Real People. (laughs) (laughs) Am I wrong? He looked like Skip Stevenson on crack. Oh, my God, Patrick. That's a blast from the past. (laughs) Welcome to the airline. (laughs) Honest to God. I always wondered what Skip Stevenson had done before Real People. And I thought, oh, is that him? No, it's not him. It's anyway. Yeah, he did a couple TV movies. Okay. So we have Shatner. We mentioned Shatner. And we've got his girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this girlfriend. Lynn Loring. I call her fake Mir Farrow. Patrick, in my notes, that's how I refer to her as the mayor of Pharaoh lady. That was a wig, so they had to. That had to have been a choice to make her look so much like Mia Pharaoh. I think so, and I think you know. Obviously, she, this wasn't all that long ago from Rosemary's Baby. No, again, four years, nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, 
So yeah. it had to be Patrick. She mm-hmm. is mere fair lady. And she's like the girlfriend of the ex-priest who is Shatner. She's the one that she forsook God for. <laughs> she can't even put on blush. She put on blush with a spackle. <laughs> Anyways, you know, we'll talk more. I did about, like her bell bottoms, though. Well, she did. She was groovy. She was groovy. Oh, and 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 she had the mirror fair hair from uh, Rosemary's baby, that little pixie. The Vidal Sassoon one, not the, the beginning one. Yeah. <laughs> the end hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, she's linked up with uh, the ex-priest, uh, Shatner. And they got beef. I love them because they're sitting at those swivel chairs that I mentioned earlier at this bar. Yeah. During takeoff. Mm-hmm. No oh. seatbelts. Oh, oh, oh. And it's not – and in coach, it's in coach. We've established that first class is over there. This, so coach has its own bar. This is yeah. the 70s, man. I love yeah. it. Oh, but, and by the way, the drinking commences immediately. <laughs> well, Sh- Shatner's character is an alcoholic. Like, apparently he's just left – We don't, the problem with this movie is we get lots of crap about druids and stuff, but like we get little dribs and drabs about the people and we get it too late. Mm-hmm. In the movie, like we don't find out till the movie's almost over that Shatner used to be a priest, and that's why he's pissing on everybody. This whole he's like, I don't care, I lost my faith, blah, blah. Yeah. Your dog died, I don't care, blah. You're gonna sacrifice a baby, I don't care. You know, this sounds a little off. Naturally, the closer to heaven, the more discordant. Oh man, why don't you just put me on your back and walk us across the water? There was a time. Now I'd sink. Yeah, through the whole movie, he's a, a voice of uh, skepticism, cynicism, and he he, 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 do, he does not like himself at all. And uh, no. his his uh, Mia lady girlfriend um, is pretty pretty fed up with it. Now, in my mind, in the backstory I wrote for her, she also used to be a nun. <laughs> oh, no. And they both fled. <laughs> she that's does why have she a has, guitar, Patrick. She has a guitar. Excuse Thank you. That's why she's got really short hair. That's why she doesn't know how to apply makeup. And that's why she starts to play a guitar. <laughs> Patrick, I thought she was going to start Don't playing the guitar for the little girl. And then. There is only one river. There is only one stream. And then I thought she was going to start pulling out her IV lines. Oh, no. I don't know. (laughs) And killing poor Vicky from the love boat. (laughs) If you're not from the 70s, you just got to keep up, all right? Just keep up. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, The thing is, she took out the guitar right after they took off. And I'm like, you're on a red eye, bitch. I would club you to death with that guitar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because on a normal flight, everyone would have took an ambient and would have passed out by now or whatever we took back then to go to sleep. I don't remember. Yeah, but I don't know what it was. Oh, no, bitch. You're going to start singing. I don't think so. I don't think so. The horror is going to be your face after I mashed it into the into the, 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 the engine. I got nothing. Well, <laughs> the evil starts to come out from the cargo hold. It doesn't. It doesn't isn't sustained within there. It starts to emerge and come forward. And uh, Patrick, I, I love this bit um, because they had the set that was 
already made. They certainly didn't want to damage it when the force comes through. So they put a carpet over the carpet. Uh-huh. <laughs> when, uh-huh. the, when the uh-huh. floor when the, splits. When the ooze starts coming through. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, the, it, yeah, they didn't have to damage the set. Damaged anything. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, and that's Mm-mm. when we see nope. the oozing poo-poo. Using poo poo, yeah, it starts to manifest that way eventually. But before that, like there, there's a, there's a lot of stuff happening in the ships and the p- ships, the plane's kitchen. So we see yeah. like stuff with the stewardess that go down there, and they see like that everything's frosted over in the window, and there's weird noises. And mm-hmm. oh, this is really weird. Since you just said they didn't want to damage anything, first of all, like the what the, the, the whoever was frosting over the windows, I'm like, you just went that's spray snow. Well, that's the stuff that you use. The windows are Christmas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, again, Although- cheap, cheap, cheap. Although I thought that when Connors and uh, uh, the, the, professor. the professor were yeah. chiseling through investigate. the door, I thought like a piece of ice fell down. I thought, okay, you know, this is kind of, okay, that wasn't bad. You mean the piece of styrofoam? It was styrofoam, <laughs> but I believed it to be ice, Patrick. <laughs> it was ice. I'm sorry. Just the way he carried it, like he, the way he chipped it off and they put it on it, like the way he held it, like you see, it had no weight whatsoever. <laughs> no weight whatsoever. I don't care. It's great. But my one of my favorite bits that happens a lot in these TV movies of the 70s, they love this particular convention and it manifests in several different forms. They love a woman getting trapped in a tiny enclosed space. Oh, that elevator. That's, fill- that's slowly filling up with something. It happens in the blood shower in... This house possessed. It happens in the uh, another shower with Morgan 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 Fairchild in the initiation of Sarah. Mm. Um, there's something in an elevator, another elevator thing. But in this, there's a little elevator that takes them back and forth, and this girl gets trapped in, and yeah. it's filling up with cold, <laughs> very cold. <laughs> and uh, actually, two two people have to get out of that elevator. Uh, the pilot Connors also has to. They get- kept using the elevator. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was a thing. Stop using the elevator. <laughs> there must be stairs. And There the, must be stairs. Yeah, and then even before all this happened, they had to show us that there was an elevator. So way early on, there's a scene of a, a stewardess innocently just using the elevator, to, you know, just to show us that what was coming. <laughs> What was coming? There's an elevator, so we get a good long look at her legs. And that, mm-hmm. you know, the the full get a the, we don't get full views of the the stewardess uniforms very often, but now we get long lingering looks, yeah. upper skirt. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, Patrick, when I saw those scenes where she was putting those foil dinners in the oven to be cooked, I just thought, whoa, boy, where are the where are those <laughs> airline meals gone? Those must have been magnificent meals. I don't know. Well, it was a 747, Toppy, that was quality stuff back then. Yeah. Back when they cared. Now they just throw shit at you if you get anything at all. Here. And in fact, at one point. I got a microwaved rock. Can I get something? No, eat it. (laughs) At at one point early on when when things are just starting to go amiss and somebody the steward has been pulled up out of the elevator the doctor paul winfield says oh i think i think maybe we need to have some of those meals cooked up and then you know (laughs) i don't know right because the other thing that's happening one of the other ways things are manifesting is that the plane's not going anywhere Oh, that's right. They're it's in the air. Moving. They're in the air, but they're stuck. It's like somebody says it's like we're stuck on a hook in the sky. 
It's like a weird jet stream. They ain't moving. Yeah, they ain't moving. They can't go up. They can't go down. They can't go back. They can't go forward. I thought that was creepy. It was a little. And eventually. They forget about it as the movie goes on. <laughs> yeah. Because eventually that turns around. They are. Anyways, also, eventually they lose contact with with uh, control or whatever. Ground control, yeah. Yeah. They can't, yeah. they can't reach anybody. So they're totally on their own in this dilemma that none of them really understand except for Tammy Grimes. <laughs> Tammy Grimes is the only one who knows what's going on. Kind of. And she's got long monologues about it. And I'm playing the audio for them. It'll be a lot easier uh, on the day. But they, and they're, they're great. <laughs> yeah. The one, the one scene they missed out on. She's getting more and more disheveled. <laughs> as <it goes> <laughs> oh, and some of her expressions when, when she's showing the camera that, Oh, I know something nobody else knows. One of the things I noticed this time around, this last time when I watched it, whenever something bad is happening that she's not involved in, she's always in the back peeking around the corner. <laughs> Tammy's always looking. Tammy's always watching. And she's always got that same look on her face like, hmm. Like she's taking, tasting yeah. something really delicious. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it turns out that this rock that one of the rocks out there used to be a sacrificial stone that dates all the way back from the, from the era of the Druids. All right, exactly. It's really complicated. In 1407, Lord Canton, the owner of the land on which the Abbey stood, your ancestor, was burnt at the stake for heresy and murder. He had worshipped the Druid gods, offered human sacrifices, members of your own family, and now, the old ones, well, you're the what they want. You're the sacrifice they demand. Okay, now flash forward a couple hundred years, like the 14th century. This The, the wife of the rich bastard, mm-hmm. whose family owned this property, one of her ancestors turned it into an abbey. And except it wasn't, it looked like a, 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 like a Catholic or whatever it was, you know, a, a Christian abbey, but it wasn't. It was actually a satanic druid cult or what they thought was – whatever. And he was doing human sacrifices and all kinds of witchy stuff and sacrificing his own family every every year on the, on the summer, summer solstice. solstice. Did you know this happens to be the summer solstice, midsummer's eve? Is that good or bad? It depends. If you're a witch, it's a night for – Bonfires, incantation. <laughs> Sounds like fun. By the Which way. Which is tonight, Toppy? It's tonight. <laughs> yes! And th- I think Shat is the first one s- to say, oh, oh, I think it's the summer solstice. <laughs> he brought it up early, but it's his girlfriend who puts it together. She's like, but don't you remember what you said? That's tonight! Because she loses her mind. <laughs> what I lo- once shit goes, once one shit goes awry, the entire cast loses their mind, except for William Shatner. William Shatner is the calm one in every situation, which is really weird. Which is yeah. really weird. Well, it's a, you know, it's the amount of booze uh, he's got uh, because you know he's he he's a very damaged soul. He's shut down and he's very just drinking. Soul. What I love to, I mean, everything that's happening is preposterous, but the cast is selling everything the way they I need agree. to sell it. I agree. Even the buddy dialogue, but we'll get to him. The dialogue <laughs> in all of this is ridiculous. It's so overwrought. Like, I, I like here, here's a little, when we find out, oh wait, 
when when things are starting to go wrong and the passengers are starting to notice that they keep changing altitudes and the turbulence and wait, the lights outside don't seem to be moving. That's really weird. And she's like, wow, the air feels really weird up here tonight. And he says, well, the closer to heaven, the more discordant. She goes, you know what? Why don't you just tie me to your back and walk across the water for God's sake? Walk me across the water for God's sake. And he goes, I'd sink. Oh, that was <laughs> great. We don't know he's a priest yet. <laughs> yeah. That was an it's awesome so line. Fraught. Everything's fraught. For I'm just so sick and tired of watching you bleed. She's a beautiful woman, isn't she? Or are you just working on a get well prayer, Paul? I was just thinking I might become a doctor. Why? Why not? I can be anything I want now. And they have such power over women. It's that uh, paternal thing. Except doctors are free to use it. Manya, what's the matter? You don't look well yourself. I'm just sick from watching you bleed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the mere fairer lady uttering those lines. Yeah. She's got some doozies. She's got doozies. Between her melodrama and Tammy Grimes just doing villain melodrama, it's juicy as hell. I'm loving every second. If you got uh, I'm sorry, the only other person that's calm is your doctor, Paul, 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 Paul Winfield. Yeah. Savages. Yes. Frightened savages waiting to be led. And they will be led. Into darkness, horror, and delight. Be my guest. Would that I had that strength of purpose. But I have only words, and they are far beyond that now. He's like, everyone else has lost their mind. I'm the only black person on board. I'm just going to stay really quiet because I have a feeling everyone's going to blame me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does come in useful because there's a lot of people injured or hurt or needs to be rescued. And uh, Paul Winfield, uh, the good uh, the good doctor, uh, is right there trying to help people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, so things start things start to go bananas. Yeah, like and uh, they, like I said, the cold. They, they, everyone's starting to like the the that nurse got uh, nurse stewardess got trapped in the elevator. She gets rescued. She's like, "There's something wrong down there. The hull's been ruptured." Yeah, there's cold coming in. There's wind, and like, no, there's there's, there's no reading for that. So the captain and, and the professor go down there. The professor gets killed. They see the dogs frozen. Yeah, in mid attack. Yeah. Flash frozen. Yeah. But the um, professor uh, does, you know, just like the dog, just frozen, solid. And that's when Connors has his expression of just, he's absolutely horrified. I don't think Chuck Connors ever did that in any. <laughs> that was priceless. No, no. I think that, I think the idea is that we were supposed to see. Like he actually saw yeah. whatever it was that we never get to see. That Except maybe, it doesn't come across that way. It comes across bonkers, but yeah. And that's, that's kind of the beauty of this low budget thing is they never had to visualize nothing. Oh, they didn't have to what visualize other, nothing. What about other baby foods? What are the other ways things are manifesting? Okay. We've got, we've got rich assholes, British wife. <laughs> They've been fighting. Yeah. They've been fighting. They're yeah. not having a good trip. And he fucks off to go to the, go to, Go to the uh, upstairs bar. Yeah. She's like, well, if you don't enjoy my company, I'm sure you'll find somebody more interesting in the bar upstairs like you always do, Jim. And he does. And he does. But she he leaves her alone. And she's struggling with the airline headphones. Oh, oh, they're so hard to use. 
<laughs> now, if you... <laughs> If you're not from the 70s or 80s, airline headphones were not really headphones. They were literally just a hollow tube. <laughs> like if you did, like if you turn the volume up on your on your on your on the the knobs on your on your armrest, you can, and put your ear next to the hole, you can listen to the radio. It was, <laughs> it was like this. But she's got the she's trying she's putting them on they're not working and creepy cowboy guy comes over he's like well howdy miss hey. howdy missy <laughs> do you need some help with your headphones well let, why don't you try mine he, he tries them on he, he tries hers on he's like no they don't work well let me see if mine work and he puts his on he tries his on and he listens he's like mine work here you go and I'm like ew, ew, something wrong ma'am just this gadget. Likely just the phones. Let's try some others. Oh, no, please don't. My bother. pleasure. My name's Steve. Believe yours is Sheila. Am yes, I right? Yes, but. Well, uh, excuse me, Sheila. Let's get this out of the way here. Now, I'll put these in. Here we go. Right as rain. If that ain't Dave Brubeck, I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that ain't Brubeck. Doggone if I don't owe you a drink. I'll think about it, Pard. Maybe later. You got a deal. <laughs> and as soon as as soon as she gets the headphones back, she starts hearing like all this weird. Like it's like she's tuned into the all theremin channel. It's like you know what I realized that sound was. It's the same sound as the ants from them. Also, it's the same. It's the same sound from George Pal's production of H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds of those spaceships. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It was that too. Uh, but but now we've got some moaning and chanting. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> and something that sounds like uh, well, they they say it's Latin. Now I, I just want to ask Petra. It's not Dave Brubeck. That's what no. <laughs> Who? Huh? Who? <laughs> I know. It's kids. Google it. Anyways. Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, now, I may be mistaken about this. You know, I'm not the brightest uh, light in the in the cupboard, uh, but I, I, I don't think Druids ever used Latin. I just don't. No, I thought about that and I said, because it's not the Druids. This is the 14th century. Later. Cult. Yeah. Okay. And whatever's down at whatever's down in the hole is what the druids were worshiping that this cult was worshiping okay. through. Okay. All right. That's the Latin comes in later. Okay. Yeah. It that's what I said. It's really convoluted unnecessarily. You could have just stuck with druids, but you fucked it up. And I'll say it's a misconception that the druids performed human sacrifices. That's that's probably not true. Oh, we don't really really don't know anything about them because the Catholic Church killed all of them and destroyed all the records. <laughs> so we don't know. Hey, Happy St. Patrick's Day, people. Those are the snakes that got drove out of Ireland. There you go. Yeah, that's why I don't celebrate. It's gross. Ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba. Back off my back of my horrors, back to the silliness. <laughs> um, so things are just like uh, they're stuck in the air. They can't go anywhere. And whatever evil is in there is starting to get closer and closer 
to the cabin, uh, out, out of the hold and starts to take over more and more of the That's plane. That's right. As Toppy was saying. In fact, there's one scene where the cargo door is like blown off its hooks because of the pressure in there. And that's mm-hmm. when you know, okay, this thing's powerful. It's coming for you. Just really slow. It's a good thing it's an eight-hour flight. <laughs> <laughs> it's only got till dawn, but I'm going to come at you really slow. And it starts to manifest, like Toppy said. It's There's start, cracks starting to show on the floor in the passenger section. And shitty guacamole. Like, <laughs> guacamole diarrhea is coming through. Yeah, it's you. It ain't pretty, folks. <laughs> no, no. And it's like, and again, it's all, it's like it's like shit brown on a green carpet. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> barely see it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised the censor said, can you make this look like something other than poo? Make it green. I don't know. Do something. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, we can't. (laughs) They didn't. And there you go. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna find out what happens later with the poo and the the little girl's doll. Oh, well, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Oh, we might be about that, but yeah. So everybody loses their goddamn mind. Blah 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 blah. Oh. Um, Let's let's talk about. Let me say, like, there's there's some people in this that are just totally random. Like, there's the model that they, I said, like the rich asshole fucked off to the bar upstairs, and he immediately hits up this model, this a- beautiful Asian woman. Yeah, who is barely in the movie. Not at all until when they got to decorate the the doll, uh, and they made her do her nails. Yeah, and she, that's they it. They made the Asian woman do the doll's nails. <laughs> I don't know what that's all about, but yeah, that's no. the only scene where she comes in. Um, but um, I, I just have to say, because I am a musical theater queen. Yeah. She was Liot in the movie South, uh, South Pacific. Okay. I wonder. Happy talking, happy talk. Talk about things you'd like to do. Got to have a dream. I wondered. A dream. How are you going to have a dream come true? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but then later on, she was in the Joy Luck Club. She was in uh, Battle of the Planet of the Apes. She was a regular on Stanley Elsewhere. So, uh, Francis. Uh, no, uh, France Wynn. France Wynn. That's right. Is her name. And she's probably lovely, but they gave her nothing to do. It's just, just like hanging around. Yeah, nothing yeah, to do. In a bad wig. In a like, beautiful woman in a bad wig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why she's there, really. Just like William Shatner, beautiful woman in a bad wig. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my God. And that was the worst era of Shatner's toupees, I got to say. I don't know. That was a bad one. That was a bad one. Um, so everyone's starting to lose their minds, and everyone's starting to listen to Tammy. Yeah. Yeah, this is a bad thing. What have Druids got to do with what's going on here? Everyone on that heath knows the legend. They've feared it for hundreds of years. Inside the altar at Grove Abbey was a Druid sacrificial stone. That stone is on this plane. Hey, lady, you trying to tell me that a, 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 a piece of rock's got something to do with killing the flight engineer? The Abbey was built on the sacred grove of the Druids, a place where they committed human sacrifices to the ancient gods of darkness, cold wind. The old ones, they call them. And every hundred years, at the summer solstice, they still... It's summer's eve. Paul, you said that was tonight. For all I know, it's Halloween. How do you know all this stuff, anyway? Well, if it's any of your business, I like to look at ruins. Preferably religious ruins. Why don't you just knock it off? Confession is supposed to be good for the soul, isn't it? Paul is a priest! 
was. Very definitely was. They have enough trouble without sticking them with me. It's a bad thing. Um, she's like, it's, it's uh, playing all this stuff. I, I think the Patrick, the other instigator is Buddy Ebsen. Uh, who 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 just is and is an angry rich, man, old rich asshole. Yeah, an there's, angry there's young man. rich asshole and old rich asshole. It's Buddy yeah. Ebsen. And uh, I don't know what you think about Buddy Ebsen and his acting, but basically he has the same expression whether he's mad, sad, uh, happy. I mean, he never. I mean, it's it, uh, way back to uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. He never had uh, any expression other than meh, and. It was forever. And in this movie, uh, he's a very angry man and he barely breaks out of his. I don't know what his status face. I don't know what to call yeah. it. He had his thing. He probably didn't understand the script. And he's like, I really don't know. This is my face for everything. It'll do. By the way, Shatner. Just and, me, this this face goes for it with everything. Yeah, Shatner and Buddy Epson, probably king of the 70s TV movies. Uh, oh, yeah. They were oh, both yeah. in tons oh, yeah. of them. Tons of them. Tons of them. Um, so Tammy gives gives the exposition that Midsummer was all about sacrifice. Yeah. And, and to these gods that are older than nature, older than the world, before the world existed, these things were – and they're just part of nature. They're not evil. They just need to be fed every now and then, and nobody's feeding them. So they're mad at us. So we have to give them a sacrifice. And boy, and all of a sudden, everyone's really on board with that. They're real. They come on board with that so fast. You, I thought would. they were going to sacrifice the kid. Oh, yeah. And they went the right kid for was the at kid. Two lines. And by herself, like, like no one's going to miss this kid. <laughs> her parents don't even care about this kid. And then it Fuck, turns out, no, they want her doll. And why do they yeah, want they her doll, the, Patrick? The nun gets the bride. The, she's not the nun, but fake me a fair gets the bride. They're like, yeah, dress up the doll. They 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 were fooled by something. I, there was something else that they got fooled by apparently, and and they got fooled by this. I'm sure that oh, they decide that since that uh that 14th century descendant used to sacrifice his relatives on Midsummer, members of his own family, that the gods back in the hold want. Rich asshole's British wife, whose family yes, only Abby. That's right. Like, we're going to have to give it to her, but let's not sacrifice her. Let's dress up the doll in her clothing and give, like, cut off her hair and her nails and put them on the doll right. and give the doll a makeover. Right. Sacrifice the child. Where's the child? You going crazy? No. No, please. Perhaps we could offer it this. You mean like so they, it looks like divine, You want right. to offer the doll instead oh, of... Oh, please. God, Wait a minute. Hideous. So they packed... You know, she put, she put the makeup else. on that doll the same way it was spackled on her this. face. Ah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so drawn on, drawn on eyeliner with a magic marker. I'm, I'm like, girl. <laughs> yeah. That doll was busted. So there's, there's kind of a twisted scene where the woman... Is is kind of forced to like give me your hand, and they clip the nails off her fingers. It's a little creepy, and uh, yeah, yeah, well, give me she that did, she shock just gets, of hair. We're gonna cut that off, and they yeah. wrap it and put it on the doll. And then long processional to bring offer the doll to the to the hiney crack of the diarrhea poop in the yeah. back. And who does that? <laughs> Mia Farrow, lady. Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow with the baby. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And I love that they put the doll down. I'm like, it must be a peas now, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's baby puke face. <laughs> <laughs> Remember baby puke face? That was my favorite 70s doll. It was baby alive. There was baby wetsy betsy. <laughs> baby puke face. <laughs> Patrick. Oh, my God. Baby puke face. Oh, no. Yeah, then all of a sudden, the, 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 that brown shit start oozing yeah. out of its ears and its eyes and its nose and its mouth and stuff. And they're like, ah, everybody's screaming like it's a big deal. Yeah, and they realize, <laughs> okay, uh, the Didn't fake work. baby thing is a fail. I, they're like, did you see the busted makeup that you put on the doll? <laughs> Do you think we are older than everything? Do you think we're really going to be fooled by that? How dare you? Mm-hmm. How dare you? So things are looking. We're going to stare in the. What I also love is that it's like it, 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 the thing that like it gets to a certain point and it's like, you know what? I'm just going to hang back here and coach. It never goes near first class. Like it doesn't have first class tickets, so it can't go socialize up there. So I'm just going to hang back here. It tries. Is there an in-flight movie for the for the Druids? Anything? Nothing? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it tries, but it, uh, it's stuck there in the back. <clears throat> but <clears throat> it the is ritual advancing. sacrifice didn't right didn't work, and then we find out through the clunkiest piece of exposition that Tammy Grimes is afraid of fire. A fire, Mrs. Pinder, is that it? No. The way the ancients held off the demons on Midsummer's Eve, they built a bonfire at the highest hill. We we're at twenty or thirty thousand. That ought to be high enough. And then those poor. Ignorant savages would huddle around the light and smoke and pray for the dawn. At the first shaft of sunlight, demons go back to hell or wherever it is they come from. Yes, a fire. A fire for the burning of witches. Fire. Will fire work? Ask her. And why? It's just because Shat lights a cigarette for the first time in the fucking movie. Oh, sorry. And because it's the 70s. And yes, you can curse on here. Uh, it's the 70s and you can smoke on planes. You can smoke <laughs> everywhere. It's actually, it actually was mandatory. It's like you had to let you, the plane wouldn't go yeah. until everybody smoked. And he suddenly realizes, oh, what's this about my lighter, Tammy? What's the pattern? Yeah. Yeah. And he remembers, oh, is it, I seem to recall that the flip side of Midsummer was that the Druid people would light bonfires mm-hmm. on and then, the summer stall said, and, and that would keep away the evil demons. It would keep them, uh, keep them at bay. Yeah. So we need to set start a fire to keep everything burning. And actually this still continues. They still do bonfires in the UK. Yeah. On summer stall, on summer stall. It's, it's a thing. It's a thing. The other idea that comes about at about the same time by the architect, Roy, Roy Thins, uh, is he goes, <laughs> did I say it right? Thines? I don't know. Oh, no, we'll never know. We'll okay. never know. We'll so ne- there's go, no way we can possibly He goes know. to Connors in the pilot cockpit and says, okay, light, fire. Let's get this plane moving upward so that we can meet the sunrise earlier. And then they have the fucking model. Uh, turn. So that we can fly above the rim of the world to meet the sunlight so it's tomorrow earlier. What? <laughs> well, I don't know. What? <laughs> Anyways. I asked you, when is the sunrise? 3.42 out here. I wouldn't count on seeing it. Well, maybe we could climb to meet it. Catch it early as it comes over the rim of the world. Now, oh, what is this rim of the world, Jazz? We climb, we burn more fuel. 
Danny. If there's any chance at all, we ought to try it. Uh, that's what that's what Connor what, was said. Superman not available to fly around the world really fast so that Lois Lane could come back to life. Is that, that no. happened? No, by the way, that was the worst part of Superman. Anyways, it really was. That was a, that was shit. Even when I was. eight. Yeah, I agree. Anyways. So these two things are happening simultaneously. The passengers furiously start making a fire in the middle of the plane. We are full Lord of the Flies at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Lord of the Flies. They have gone savage. And even the doctor ca- comments, I was like, they've gone savage. They're all savages in need of a leader. They'll lead, they'll lead whoever talks to them. Talk to them, William Shatner. He's like, no, I really don't care. Yeah, he's still boozing it up. He's, I'm aloof. Yeah, he has not uh, come to grips with So anything. all they're listening to is Tammy Grimes' is craziness. So, of course, it's going bananas. They're building a bonfire in the middle of a fucking place. Well, they're trying to, but there's this wind that keeps trying to put it out. And he, well, and they, they, they don't have enough stuff to get through the night yeah. because it's the 70s and everything's made out of polyester and artificial materials <laughs> and synthetics don't burn. They melt. <laughs> am I right, Toppy? Or am I right? You are right. <laughs> I mean, this this bonfire does not get anything closer to a little smoldering fire. Because all they have is paper. All they have is paper. I'm paper yeah. up like that. I'm, like, I'm looking at those little diapers that are on the the, the, the the top of the seats. I'm like, burn them. Burn them. No, they're, they're, like, they're probably all polyester and asbestos. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever wanted, the 70s. If you've ever wanted to see a scene in a movie where Buddy Epson wants a fire to start, this is the movie to watch. Anyways, it's terrible. <laughs> burning their money it was crazy oh yeah <laughs> uh, the, the, the little girls burning her comic book pages furiously crying I'm like this is insane oh yeah this is insane <laughs> the girl that had the doll finally has a fit and starts joining and she's like yeah i'm gonna burn things too god damn it so- oh my god I've only had three lines this whole time in a shitty British yeah. accent that was totally real by the way Patrick, there was no actor in this movie from the beginning to end that had a real British accent. It was all fake. No, there was. Actually, actually, hold that. The, the British lady was British. Hold was on. She? I, I did mean to bring her up. I did mean to bring her up. Give me a second. Her name is Jane Merrow. Oh. She she won. She's she's British. She won awards from the Royal Shakespeare Company when she was in um London, she was up for an Oscar for her role in Lion in Winter, oh. and then she came to Hollywood and did movies like this for the rest of her oh, life. Oh, poor girl. Well, anyways, there's yeah. there's nothing yeah. quite as yes. funny as Paul Winfield trying to do a British accent, but anyways. You went from Catherine Hepburn to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a paycheck, Patrick. Exactly. She's probably getting much more money than she ever got for doing theater, so... And good for her. And she's still alive and she's still working. Good for her. Good for her. She was she was fine. She was fine. Yeah. She's like one of the people who don't lose their minds because they <laughs> she's being tormented because she's she's hearing the sounds and the voices and the chanting yeah. now without the headphones or the earwax. She's hearing yeah. all the time and she faints and it's all bad. She knows she's being targeted and the doll thing is happening. The fire doesn't work. And no. Buddy Epson's like, you know what? We're going to have to sacrifice the girl. Right. I mean, the British lady. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's fine with it. They're like, yep, let's do that. Now, for some reason, somehow, the Shat finally takes his mouth away from a bottle. Uh, I don't know what exact. I think he, he it's, a, it's, a, it's a little scene with the girl where he suddenly gets pulled out 
of yeah, the, the whole person, thing. Help me. The, yeah. In one of the few genuine moments in the thing, because like she's she's the innocent in this craziness. I do want to say, hold this up, put a pin in that thought. Tammy Grimes does have a great monologue here where she's talking to the British woman about to be sacrificed. She's like, listen, there's no reason to be afraid. <gasps> yeah. They're part of nature. You're a part of nature. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's all okay. It's going to be okay. It didn't work. Nothing will. You have to go down there. You have no choice. Why? Why? Because it's you that they want. You're afraid of them. The old ones. Because you think of them as evil. But you're wrong. They're spirits of nature. The force that holds this plane is as old as the world itself. And aren't you a part of nature? You are as much from the earth as the sacred stones below. Why should you fear something that is natural and irresistible? Really creepy. Yes. Really creepy. And yet Shannon all of a sudden decides like he's holding the world's biggest joint. <laughs> yeah. He takes he takes out something, the, makes a torch. He makes a huge joint. <laughs> he's gonna smoke all the reefer it's on the plane. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, I'm gonna go instead. Yeah. And this is <laughs> this could have been great, and instead it's hilarious. <laughs> Stop it. No, this is very serious, Patrick. He he goes. He walks all the way through coach, and like this, there's like brown shit coming through the walls now, like big, huge chunks of brown shit yeah. covering everything. And he's got his he's got his torch, and he walks walks back, and you're hearing the and you see him see something, and he makes one of those Shatner faces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Hey, Chuck Connors, this is how you do that face." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. And you see him seeing the ultimate evil. And then they cut to the ultimate evil. And it's some asshole in a party city black hood and a robe. That's it. Yeah. It's a Jawa. It's a Jawa from Star Wars. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> we see it for two seconds. And the side of it is enough to blow William Shatner through the side of the plane. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when we get the decompression. And none of this makes sense. No. But we finally get to have the decompression scene that we need in all uh, disaster airline movies, even if it's you supernatural. How did he get out of the plane? Like one second he was in the plane, and then the next shot he's just free falling. <laughs> It's the green screen. I'm like, what, what okay. happened? You blow a hole and then everything's decompressing. Yeah. Let's talk and about And then it just stops. Everyone's okay. Let's talk about that beautiful special effects shot of Shatner falling away. How did it fall? Oh my God. It's the, it's the same fucking effect they use for, for Lauren Green in the Towering Inferno. It's oh. fine. It's good. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, so that's the end of the Shat. He sacrifices himself. And lo and behold, there's some. Damn reason, this kind of settles the whole thing. They got their sacrifice. Yeah, Mia Farrow's this. Everyone's there. Everyone's still chill. Everyone's just like they're hanging out now. Like everything's calmed down. Yeah. No one even has masks on for some reason. The, the air masks. And she's like, I don't understand it. Why did he do it? Why did he go back there? She's like, you, Doctor Paul guy. Yeah, you're the last guy who talked to him. What did you say to him? I don't understand. 
why did he do it? For those people. You talked to him last. Why? Perhaps somehow it was a final act of faith. If there are devils, there must also be gods. I don't know. I have no thoughts. Paul Winfield says it may have been his one act of faith. Yes. But then he follows it up with, I don't know. <laughs> I have no thoughts. <laughs> but, uh, you know. I lost my mind. I don't know. I'm talking out my ass yeah. because that's what everyone else has done this whole flight. There's no oxygen in here. <laughs> it might be brain damage. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Patrick. And then the jet lands and the the credits roll. The credits roll. Bah, and bah, we bah. all and it's all anybody talked about at school the next day. All anybody talked about the water cooler. It's all anybody talked about. <laughs> Huge ratings. Here's the thing, Toppy. Since now that you know about my international jet setting, yes, path, amazingly, this was me putting myself in the role of that little girl with the doll. No, who's alone on this international flight with no parents, and also with nobody taking care of her. Like no, normally, when there's a kid on a plane, they go out of their way. She's just to keep an herself. eye on that kid and make her feel. She didn't even. Get, she didn't even get a pair of plastic pair of wings. Nothing. She's fine. She's fine. But I pictured like this all happening. This disaster. People are dead. There was a crisis. I'd get off the plane. My parents would be waiting at the gate. They'd be like, "What did you do? <laughs> what did you do? I didn't. It was a druid. Oh, what was the druid? What did you do? Did you bring the druid? How did the druid get on the plane, Patrick? Mm-hmm. Would have been all your fault. I'd be spanked. Oh boy! I wouldn't get to go to that ten course banquet that night or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you believe it? This movie's a hoot. This movie's a hoot. I like this movie, it, and it's over quick. If even if you're not having a good time, it's. Uh, I agree. This this is worth a see, and it's fun, and uh, you know, uh, it, it's just one of those great. I I call them great. There was just this time when TV did these movies and they'd get together these actors, you know, that were veterans of uh, the network and just done tons of mm -hmm. stuff, you know. And where else can you see Buddy Epson actually cracking an expression other than neutral where he actually looks like he's angry? I don't know. There's no place else. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. We get to cut loose a bit. Um the other thing I want to say is that what kid, what you wouldn't understand, like younger people nowadays wouldn't understand. Like like I said before, this is a communal event. Like the whole country watched this. And the other thing was is that the whole family watched it together. Yeah. Yeah. So you go from like this was on CBS. Yeah. It was on a Sunday night. So you probably segued from the wonderful world of Disney to this. Possibly. And we've got devil worship. We've got child sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> We have pagan gods, and we all watched it. It's just another Sunday night. Mm -hmm. Totally normal. It was probably kind of thrilling for him. And we're all the better for it. Look <laughs> how great we are now. Look how great we are being exposed to this kind of insanity like it was normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good times. And, uh, all right. and, 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 and uh, well, the chat is, uh, you know, he's at his halting speech best in this movie. 
I I actually enjoyed him in it. I mean, the character's a pain in the ass, but it's fun to see him doing something different. He is fine. And not being as high camp as he normally is. Because when he's directed well, the chat is great. I just recently, he's, uh, there's a Canadian TV show that's on Hulu. My listeners are already groaning because I talk about it all the time. Murdoch Mysteries. This murder mystery thing that takes place at the turn of the 19th century. It's fabulous. Hot men and tweed for days. But it's historical fiction because they keep bringing in real people from that time to get involved in the mysteries. And there's an episode that involves Mark Twain. And Shatner, of all people, plays Mark Twain. Oh. And he's excellent. Hmm. With heavy makeup? Well, he's 80 now, so oh. yeah, he didn't need it. No, I mean, okay, he had a mustache, but no, he, he looked great. Like, it, like it, 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 he wasn't Hal Holbrook, so it threw me off for a minute, okay. but. <laughs> I was going to say. But once you got used to the visual, like, yeah, I get you. You're, he was great. So, yeah, and he, he's fine in this. It was, nice, it was nice to see him almost a villain. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd, I'd say the other standout is Tammy Grimes in this one. Always great. Always great. I mean, she was the, she's the only, she's the only reason to watch Can't Stop the Music. Mm. Oh, Lord. My finger is caught in the dial. My finger is caught in the, help, help. <laughs> Every line out of her mouth is high camp. Um, just as we were talking about the CBS Mystery Theater, I listened to one that she did last night. Till Death Do Us Part is the name of it, if you want to know. A lot of times on the CBS Mystery Theater, there'd be two actors and they'd play all the parts. Mm. And they'd, they'd, they'd digitally modify their voices. There's a scene where there's three Tammy Grimes in one scene. <laughs> no S. <laughs> she's playing her. She's playing whatever character, the main character. She's playing her friend that she, from work and also the, the woman who runs the boarding house that she lives in. It's three levels of Tammy Grimes and all of them are crazy. And I loved every second. I'm like, this is fucking brilliant. Oh, <laughs> I'd, brilliant. I'd love to hear that one. I, she was in a yeah. lot of them. That's for sure. And I totally forgot, Patrick, that after um, what's his face? I don't know. But she did end up hosting like one or two seasons at the very end. In, yeah. E.G. Marshall. Yeah. In, in place of E.G. Marshall. Host, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's dumb. folks, gee whiz, go to YouTube and uh, invest a, in, invest in listening to this CBS Radio Mystery Theater. I'll probably cut this out because I think I told him this already. I know I told my patrons this. Um, there's a guy who was on the CBS Mystery Theater for like 175 episodes. Mm-hmm. He lived next door to me when I was growing up. Get out. Well, in my teenage years. Uh, rather when I was in college. And yeah, my 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 dad hated him. He's like, that guy's an asshole. He's a freak artist guy. You know, stay away. He also knew I wanted to be an actress, so he wanted to keep me away from nah. that. Yeah, he's a he's a freak. He didn't he did one thing his whole career. He was the tidy bow man and he thinks he's the greatest thing he's ever. Tidy bow man. He was, he was the tidy bow man. Made a fortune and the Maytag repairman. Oh God, I know who you're talking about. Bob Caliban is his name. He's on a ton of episodes. He just did one, I just listened to one with him and Morgan Fairchild. But no, he was a Broadway actor and like he was, he was the president of SAG and he lived next door to me. And what a contact that would have been for me. But my dad fucked it up. Eh. But I'm, you're that you're one step closer. Once one less. We're one less degree of separation away from the CBS mystery. Theater there you go. Than you were yesterday. Toppy for knowing me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've done the. Uh, the horror at 37,000 feet. I think it's time to land this plane. Let these people off. 
Yeah, let these people debark uh, off the goddamn plane. Well, of, no, the, the dog's dead. <laughs> the dog's oh, dead. Poor dog can't debark. He's Anyways, dead. let's not think about that. No, I you you had a you had an idea of how the dog. He's fine. Yeah, he's, he's frozen. Fine. He's fine. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. He's like Jason and Jason X. He'll be totally fine. Yeah. So, folks, don't you worry about it. No. Okay. This is fun, Toby. Thank you for joining me on this inaugural voyage. Um, if you have, if, by the way, if anyone experience any air sickness during the flight you can keep the bag as a superhero yeah <laughs> I, don't know what I don't know anyway this is experimental this was fun thank you very much toppy and how can people find you where where can people find the smell castle what goes on in pickle hollow well <clears throat> pickle hollow is the scene of uh, where i i do kind of like the cvs radio mystery theater i do a lot of shows that that sound like old-timey radio uh, little plays and uh, adventures. So if you like that kind of thing, go over to thesmellcast.com and uh, you'll be able to hear uh, that kind of thing. I also do a lot of other things. I do interviews and I do soundscapes and other things. But my main thing that I love is to recreate these old radio drummers. And uh, the scene is Pickle Hollow, kind of a, a weird place where strange things happen. No. Wait. I thought that was just where you live. Well, I thought it was this documentary show. Well, it is. You mean it's not real? It's, <laughs> no, it, it, Patrick, it's perfectly real. Totally. Everything. Pickle Hollow is in my heart. Yeah, everything. Pickle Hollow lives in my yeah, heart. Yeah, everything that happens, totally. As do you, Toppy Smelly. <laughs> you live in my heart. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And uh, I don't know when the next one's going to come out. Like I said, this is an experiment. If you liked it, let me know if you want to hear more of it. Came from the 70s. I got plenty more. We got a whole decade worth of bonkers to go through. That's everybody, right. take care. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy. And see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>